Over the course of this season, quitting became a constant topic. At work, one of my team members quit to take on a new role closer to home. A new friend talked to me about quitting her job to spend more time enjoying her family and less time worrying about making it all fit in her schedule. One of our partners quit because he had done what he came to do and was ready to move on to something else. With the perspective I've gained throughout the quitter conversations in season five, I was able to view these quits within my sphere as something rich and actually endlessly fascinating. Here were three people who were shifting years into a new chapter of their careers, and I was watching this process unfold in real time. Welcome to Ecosystems for Change, where we co-author the playbook on transforming communities by amplifying the impact of changemakers around us. Whether you are an entrepreneur or otherwise changemaker yourself, a citizen who loves their community with a passion and wants to see it thrive, whether you are a mentor, investor, support organization, advisor, philanthropic funder, economic developer, or policymaker, Learn the practical tools and proven tactics of ecosystem builders from all around the world to better support the dreamers, doers, tinkerers, and makers in your community by taking a systems approach to social change. I'm your host, Annika Horn. When I started out with this season, I referred to The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. As a reminder, in The Infinite Game, players stop playing for two reasons. Number one. They lack the external resources to keep playing, such as the remuneration or the job to build an ecosystem. Or number two, their internal resources, such as will and motivation, are depleted, causing them to step out of the game. With each conversation in this season, I was trying to sort my guests into one of these two boxes, only to be reminded that, obviously, people can't be sorted into boxes. Quitting a purpose-driven role is much more complex than that. Here are three things that I found instead. Number one, ecosystem builders typically quit because they run out of both internal and external resources. Now, obviously, season five was no scientific study. I talked to six guests about their very unique and personal journeys of building ecosystems and leaving their roles, communities, or the field of ecosystem building. Yes, sometimes burnout was their main reason to step back. But more often than not, it was a combination of events and experiences that fueled each other and, as a result, led to their quitting. Joe Marushak stepped back because he was lacking support from his community. His city was more on board with spending $27 million on an exit ramp than with funding their startup ecosystem. Joe had self-funded his work for three years, and a lack of commitment from the powers that be can be a slap in the face. Let me tell you from experience. So... Joe stepped back, and I can't blame him. Julia Firestone was and remains a deeply committed changemaker in the social impact world. But being asked to work for less by doing more, without acknowledging and respecting her role in the organization and her contributions to its success, made her quit. Y'all, I'm still fuming and growling just thinking about this conversation. Some people... Annie Wood was starting to figure out what was next for her when her then-boss decided it for her, which brought a lot of heartache and pain. I was reminded how important it is that when we quit, we need to be in charge of the terms and timelines of that process. Luckily, Annie is an exceptional human being who took the time to grieve what could have been 
and diligently work through this experience back to herself. Personally, I admire how Annie took charge of her career and continues to live and work in the same community. To me, she is a phenomenal example of what happens when we make enough space to listen to what our hearts and minds and bodies try to tell us. Lucas Lindsay was faced with both the realization that he was working incredibly hard and that his wife needed a new environment to succeed in the academic job market. Here, again, both the internal and external drivers drove the decision to step back from ecosystem building. When I first reached out to Lucas to ask him why he wasn't working in ecosystem building anymore, I assumed he just had enough and I couldn't blame him. Our conversation, however, lifted the hood and revealed everything else that was going on. His dad's diagnosis, his wife's career change, and Lucas burning the candle on both ends at Domi Station in Florida. In quitting, there is so much more than meets the eye. Lesson number two. An ecosystem builder will always find a way to build the ecosystem. While not building an entrepreneurial ecosystem anymore, Annie is putting her community building and deep empathy to work at Minnesota State University Moorhead to design student experiences that make students want to stay and excel at the school. Besides, Annie never sits still long enough. She's making her community better in her free time by organizing faux art shows and other events in the community. Lucas doesn't spend his time helping entrepreneurs refine their pitches or raising funds for acceleration programs anymore. Now a father of two, he is invested in developing real estate projects that add to the quality of life in his community in Phoenix, Arizona, which indirectly paves the way for the Phoenix ecosystem to attract entrepreneurial minds and talent through placemaking. And Julia Firestone had enough of unqualified nonprofit leadership and struck out on her own instead. Through her coaching practice, she is now building her own community of purpose-driven mid-career professionals who are moving the needle in the social impact space. Lastly, when Naomi Ryland and her co-founders started The Changer in Berlin over a decade ago, they were put through the ringer of the conventional unicorn hype that is the high-growth startup scene. After years of trying to follow a playbook that wasn't written for them, Naomi decided to write her own. And I highly recommend you get yourself a copy of Starting a Revolution. Does that mean Naomi wants nothing to do with the social enterprise ecosystem anymore? Au contraire, my friends. She is simply finding new ways to make a difference while upholding her boundaries as a parent, as a partner, and an ecosystem advocate. Lesson number three, quitting can be temporary. Over the last decade, Larkin Garby kickstarted dozens of initiatives in the Richmond, Virginia startup ecosystem. And she stepped back during the pandemic. After several years in the national spotlight and working so hard to move the entire field of ecosystem building forward, she took a hiatus to work hyper-locally and take charge of her health. But when I recently caught up with her, I was not a bit surprised that she was back at it, working with founders, mentoring entrepreneurs, and attending or probably even hosting events that benefit the local ecosystem. Do you remember Todd Knuckles, who I spoke to in season four? In case you haven't, here's what happened in brief. Larkin and Todd co-founded Lighthouse Labs, ran it several years, and when Todd left Richmond several years ago, his role as an ecosystem builder ended. Or did it? When I last spoke to him, he was already back at it, 
working behind the scenes to support the evolution of a new type of nationwide ecosystem for faith-based entrepreneurial support. And I can't wait to bring him back on the show to hear what's happening. So here's the deal, friends. As passionate systems, thinkers, and doers, it takes a lot to completely let go of that part of our identity. As Lucas Lindsay said in episode six, It was really tough. It was very hard because I was really starting to define myself by my work at the time. I was fully emotionally, <laughs> philosophically, spiritually, if you will, invested in, in doing that. And, and I had only recently discovered Startup Champions Network, and I had started to conceive of what I was doing as a professional career path. I think when I first got into it, I stumbled into it and I just was attracted to sort of the dynamic atmosphere, the, the very interesting, compelling people that were involved, the entrepreneurs, the people supporting them, and the sense of kind of possibility <laughs> and excitement that are in a lot of those ecosystem building and startup spaces. And then I was in it, doing it, just executing, learning. And, and then when I discovered Startup Champions, I was like, this is, no, this is actually the future of economic development. I am part of the economic development industry. I think I am as expressing itself in a new and better way or alternative way to grow a community. And so I had started to really embrace that and tell people I'm an ecosystem builder and it was difficult to let go. But as soon as I fully accepted it, really on that drive with my wife, it then just became executing how to unwind what I had been doing. And at the time, I wasn't sure if I would continue to work in it wherever I landed next, right? So it wasn't that I fully was divorcing myself at that time from the work. It was more the location of that work. In producing this season, I hoped I would find the secret formula to keeping ecosystem builders in the game of ecosystem building for longer. And if not the secret formula, then at least the secret. Any secret, really. Anything to help prevent the exodus of passionate changemakers. And what I uncovered was a lot less sexy. There is no one thing that would have prevented any of my guests from quitting. In every case, it was a complex decision of compounding events and experiences that led them to stepping away from the work. Sometimes for good, sometimes temporarily. And for some, it remains to be seen. Another insight I gleaned from this season is the importance of how you exit. Obviously, you don't always have that choice. If you, like in Annie's case, get two weeks to clean out your desk and hand everything over, there is very little you can do. But even in that situation, Annie made a conscious choice of how she wanted to set her team up for success after her departure. And more importantly, she defined for herself how she wanted to leave. I had basically like three, three and a half weeks to kind of figure out like, okay, commit to ending things well. So commit to hosting this group of ecosystem builders in our community and then really look at what is that last week of September? What do I want it to look like for me? And so that was – that took – 
some processing with my counselor to say like, what does it ending well mean for me? And so it, for me, it meant really looking at how do I hand off any projects that I care about? How do I make sure that there's ability for continuity? And how do I care for my teammates to some degree? Because by and large, folks working at that organization at the time were friends of mine. I had played a role in hiring them. And so I didn't want to leave them in a lurch, right? I didn't want to make them feel like Annie dropped all this stuff on us. She dumped a bunch of stuff on us. And so I was really just asking myself, like, what would ending well look like and committing to doing that. And that was easier some days than others. And I'll be totally honest that like there were plenty of days I cried before work. I would leave somewhere and go cry during work and I would come back and just try to do the best work that I could. Um, Because I was like, at the end of the day, this is about making sure that the community is cared for. Lucas Lindsay walked us through his considerations around his departure from Tallahassee four and a half years ago. Quitting is a responsibility. And by that, I mean, I think it really matters how you do it, not only for what the final outcome is for yourself, but for all the people that it affects. I mean, there's a large difference for me in just quitting, walking away and quitting and responsibly kind of unwinding uh, that process. So I just think that's important to keep in mind because also relationships that you build, they come back to be important later in life in ways you might never expect. So. You know, if you just drop a bomb and burn bridges on the way out, <laughs> that makes you're probably never going to go back uh, and get value, emotional or otherwise, from any of those relationships. So I'm really happy with the fact that there's so many people in Tennessee that I could still go hang out with or or work on things with. Um, I still have two really great friends and business partners, uh, one who lives there and one who has since moved to the Raleigh Durham Triangle area. Yeah, we own a building in Tallahassee, an old gas station that's uh, now a bar restaurant. And I get to work on stuff with them that is still a part of the Tallahassee community. So, you know, it's it's just a very important, I think, how you, how you walk away. Who really impressed me with their departure was Naomi Ryland. Naomi had every reason to just throw in the towel and declare that she'd had enough. But no. Naomi decided to work within the system to create a new type of organization that was self-organized and in which employees took responsibilities according to their competencies. And she eventually worked herself out of her role by transferring much of that power of the founder over to the team that was doing the day-to-day work. So when reflecting about this and sort of comparing like my life trajectory with other people and, you know, what I'd been able to do and what that meant for, as I say, my position of power. I think um, sort of always calling that to mind when things did get tough was really important because I had this feeling of, like, if I don't go through this tricky situation where, you know, the worst thing that can happen is still not the very worst thing, then maybe things aren't going to change like maybe people like me are the ones who have to kind of take these risks and go through this this sort of like dark tunnel because we're the ones who can sort of afford to lose and I guess that that was a real kind of guiding light for me during this time. Here's what we have established so far. Quitting is part of life. Quitting is part of our careers especially in the 21st century during which our career path looked more like a patchwork quilt, as we learned from April Rinney in Season 2. 
ending one thing and starting another is just how we move forward as ecosystem practitioners. At first sight, this idea does clash with the notion that building and nurturing entrepreneurial ecosystems is the work of a lifetime. As we uncovered in season two, complex adaptive systems can take a long time to shift and change. So for us to be effective change makers, we need to be in it for the long run. What I realized in this season is that even if you quit your job with an organization, you might still be an ecosystem builder. You might just find a different outlet to do the work. In the end of the day, as long as you're passionate about transforming your community into one that is prosperous and vibrant, it doesn't matter whether you work at a university or as a real estate developer or a self-employed or a community builder who has ecosystem building in their title. And that, my friends, is the beauty of ecosystem building and the infinite game metaphor. As long as you're working towards a better tomorrow for the community in which you live, work, and play, your job title doesn't matter. Keep playing for as long as you feel called to do so. You may step out of the game of ecosystem building for some time, and you may re-enter at any time without having to ask permission or even announce your return. Simply listen to what your community needs roll up your sleeves, and get to work. You can trust that the game will take care of the rest. I will be back with a logbook in about a month before we launch Season 6. Until then, thanks for everything that you do to make a difference in your community. In camaraderie, Annika. I pay my respect to the traditional custodians of the land on which I work and live, the Monacan, Shawanda-Setula, and Monahawk people. I recognize a continuing connection to land, water, and community. I pay respect to Ella's past, present, and emerging. This episode was produced by Yellow House Media.